You know, it's widely known that our culture is becoming more and more unchurched. In fact, in our lifetime, there's never been as many people as there are right now um, who live without much or, if any, awareness of basic Christian truths. Uh, Christians and non-Christians alike have questions about the faith. I believe it's important that people know that it's okay to ask questions and that the church can and should be a safe place for this to happen. Would you agree with that? So I felt like the time was right uh, to do a series that would remind our church, it would remind believers and non-believers alike that you know it's okay to ask these difficult questions. It's okay to even express doubts about your faith. But at the same time, I want to use um, this platform, we want to use God's word um, to help address some of these difficult questions and see how God can get a hold of our doubt and grow a greater faith in us. We said last week that that doubt, it really is a human experience. Christians are not the only group that wrestle and struggle with, with doubts. People from all different faith backgrounds struggle with doubt. Atheists wrestle with doubts. So doubt is, is a human experience. All people are going to wrestle with doubt at some point in their lives. So understanding that we're, we're all going to experience doubt at some point, I want to spend these first two weeks, uh, last week and this week, uh, laying a foundation for where we're headed throughout this series. So if you remember last week, and, and if you weren't here, you can go back and listen to the message online. We have it uh, through our podcast on our website. Uh, but last week, we looked at two extremely important questions that relate directly to doubt. The first question was, what is doubt? I think you have to answer that. You have to help lay that foundation before you go anywhere else. We also said, what causes us to doubt? I think one of the best ways to answer this first question, what is doubt, is to understand what doubt is not. Maybe look at some of the misconceptions uh, people have about doubt. Uh, So last week we said that doubt is not the opposite of faith. You know, I think a lot of people believe that doubt is the opposite of faith, but, but it's not. The opposite of faith is disbelief. And we said that disbelief is the willful refusal to believe or a deliberate decision to, to disobey God. To doubt is not that. It, to doubt is to be indecisive or to have mixed feelings about a specific issue that you're wrestling with. Doubt is just having questions. It's having concerns about some aspect of your faith. We also said that doubt is not unforgivable. You know, God doesn't condemn us when we have questions. That's so important for us to understand. I mean, you can start in the book of Genesis and go all the way to Revelation. There is story after story throughout God's word that reminds us that we can and should come to God as we are, questions and all. God wants us to be honest with him about our doubts. And finally, we said that doubt is not always unhealthy. I think a lot of people think that doubt is always unhealthy, but it's not. And I said, you know, while we shouldn't go out of our way to seek doubt, it can work to our benefit when we deal with it in the right way. So when we, one example, when we choose to love God with our minds, that's so important that we choose to love God with our minds. Uh, seeking his answers to the questions that we have. When we do that, God can get a hold of that doubt in our lives and use it to grow a greater faith. 
So that was the first question. The second question, which I think is equally as important, is what causes us to doubt? What causes us to doubt? You know, there are several places where doubt can affect us. I believe doubt affects us in our minds. It affects us in our emotions and even our will. So if we're going to address the doubt that that we have in our lives, if we're going to do so in the right kind of way, in a healthy way, in a productive way, we have to understand where the doubt comes from. So just going through a little recap from last week, we said, you know, doubt can target our minds. And it can do this first when we don't know why we believe what we believe. So the example I gave you is maybe you have a friend who's not a believer, and they say something like, so you, you say you believe in Jesus. You believe Jesus is the son of God. And as a Christian, your response is, well, yeah, you know, I, I believe. And then they ask you the big question, the hard question. Well, why do you believe that? And I think a lot of us, we struggle with the why questions. We don't really know the why behind what we say we believe. And I'll just be honest with you. When you don't know the why, that is a breeding ground for doubt in your life. So it's important to know the why. And we also said that doubt can target our mind when we don't know what we should believe. I think this is um, just as common in our churches and in our culture today. We don't know what to believe. A lot of people, and I've been here with different aspects of my faith, a lot of people are developing an inaccurate view of God. So for instance, if all we ever talk about is the love of God, which again, we should. God is love. The Bible tells us that. But we neglect to talk about his justice, his holiness, his mercy, his grace. We, we, we neglect to talk about the other attributes and characteristics of God. We start to develop an inaccurate view of God. And that's going to develop in us. That, that's a breeding ground for doubt in our minds because we don't know what we should believe. We get confused about those things. <coughs> Excuse me. Doubt can also affect us through our emotions as well. So if, if our faith is being built solely on emotional experiences, it's going to be easy to doubt the presence of God when we go through a difficult season. And we all have those. We all have the storms of life. You know, it's been said you're either just coming out of one, you're about to go in one, or, you know, there's a storm on its way. We're all going to go through the storms of life. So we have to remember that faith, biblical faith, is not fundamentally a feeling. Even though feelings do accompany faith and emotions and feelings in our faith, that's not a bad thing. But it can be if that's what our faith is being built on. Rather, faith is a gift. It's a daily decision to trust in Jesus and to follow Jesus. So we said doubt can take root in our lives when our faith is solely based on emotional experiences, because we're going to start to believe the lie that God is only present during those times, that God only shows up when we have those emotional experiences, when we we have those feelings. That's, That's not true. That's not what the Bible teaches us. So doubt can also develop out of our will. This is the last thing that we talked about last week, that doubts will multiply if individually, if we make the willful decision to stay in a pattern of sin, if we make the decision to cling to sin, and this can be so many different things. We said that, you know, sin is a choice. And church, I want to remind us today that sin is always a faith drainer. If you're concerned about your faith growing, about trusting the Lord more, about growing in your faith, sometimes it's important to examine our lives, see if we're clinging to sin. 
So if doubt is growing in your life, if you sense a crisis in your faith, it's important to to look at the example of David and say, God, search my heart. Help me understand if there's anything. Help me identify if there's anything in my life that might be offensive to you. Because clinging to sin, that's a faith drainer. So we ended last week, we said, this is a working definition for doubt, that doubt is living in the gap between our current faith and perfect faith. Doubt is living in the gap between our current faith and perfect faith. And if that's the case, I'm going to (laughs) doubt. You're going to doubt. All of us, we're going to experience doubt in our lives because nobody here is perfect. You know, in fact, we looked across the room last week and we said, raise your hand if you're perfect. We looked around, not one hand went up. You know, we're all going to wrestle with doubt. We're all going to struggle with doubt. One of my favorite verses in all of the Bible is Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. What an incredible promise. I don't know about you, but sometimes... I wish that my story, I wish that my life story was one of um, unshakable faith, unwavering faith, and zero doubt. But the truth is, that's not the case. You know, throughout the course of my life, I've messed up privately and I've messed up publicly. I've, I've had doubts, I've expressed doubts privately, and I've expressed them publicly. But a promise that I'm learning to build my life on a promise that is so important for our church today is Philippians 1.6, that God is not finished with me. See, God is not done making me. He's not done molding me and shaping me. And the, the truth is, he's not done with you either. None of us have arrived. God promises. He says we can be certain in this, like absolute certainty that God is not done. He's working. He's molding us to that finished product. So the big question is, what, what do we do when we start to experience doubt in our lives? The big question that we're going to talk about today is this, how can we grow through our doubts? And this morning, I want to give you five practical action steps that can help you grow through your doubt. We have to remember, God wants to, to use our doubt to grow a greater faith. We have to remember that he's not done with any of us. Amen. So five action steps for growing through our doubt. To to help us remember uh, these five action steps, I'm going to use the word faith. I'm going to take the word faith, not my wife, but the word faith. And I'm going to use each letter in the word as the beginning of each step. All right, so you'll see that in your bulletin this morning. So, for example, the letter F in the word faith is going to stand for uh, find the root of your doubt. Find the root of your doubt. So when you're experiencing doubt in your life, I think the first step, the first logical step in growing through that doubt is to diagnose the source. We have to understand where that doubt is coming from. So we just had a short recap of of last week's message. We gave some examples of how doubt can affect us. We know that doubt affects us uh, in our minds, through our emotions, and, and through our will. And maybe as you heard one of these, you thought to yourself, hey, that, that's me. That, that's where I'm at right now. That's, that's where the doubt is coming from in my life. 
I think it's so important that we recognize where the doubt is coming from because discovering the root of your doubt, that really is the first step in growing through your doubt. We have to understand where it comes from. So find the root of your doubt. Number two, if you're taking notes, uh, the letter A in the word faith is going to stand for um, ask God and others for help. Ask God and others for help. Um, There's an incredible story that's found in the book of Mark, chapter 9, verses 14 through 24. This story is amazing because it illustrates this action step. All right, I want to read this story uh, to you this morning. If you're following in your Bibles, you, you can follow there or we'll have the words on the screen. So Mark 9, 14 through 24, this is what we read. When they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. And some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe, and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. And one of the men in the crowd spoke up. He said, teacher, I brought my son so that you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. And then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth, and he becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. I love this part. Jesus said to them, you faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? This is Jesus talking with his disciples. He says, bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion. And he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. And he replied, well, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can? Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out. He said, I do believe but help me overcome my unbelief. He said, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. So just like the father of this demon-possessed boy, I believe that we too should be honest with God about our doubts. In verse 24, he said to Jesus, he says, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. See, he, he admits his doubts. I believe he's saying, Jesus, I have faith that you can heal him, but there's areas in my life that I'm, I'm doubting, I'm questioning. Help me overcome my unbelief. So he asked Jesus to help him, and, and Jesus did, and Jesus heals his son. You know, one of the most important things that you can do is to ask God to grow your faith in the midst of your doubt. Hear, hear that this morning, church, because I believe that many of us are, are struggling and wrestling with, with doubt in our lives today. One of the most important things that you can do is is to ask God to grow your faith in the midst of your doubt. James 4.2 tells us that you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. You know, part of growing through our doubts is learning to turn to God for help. Not not as a last resort, but as a first resort priority. I think oftentimes we wait until maybe it feels like it's almost too late. We go to God as a last resort. We've, we've checked the boxes on everything else that we've tried. And then we go to God and we say, Hey God, this is, 
It's what I'm dealing with. I need help. And we should learn to go to God first, not as a last resort. You know, God's word tells us that we can pray about anything. Doesn't mean that God's going to answer your prayer exactly the way you pray it, but we can pray about anything. I want to encourage you today to ask God to, to lead you to the right answers and to give you his wisdom, to replace that, to replace the, the world's wisdom with his wisdom. So it's important to go to God to ask for help. But there's a second part of this as well, because I think for a lot of people, we're okay with that first step. But we neglect the second step. And because of that, we don't see healing in our lives. Um, we, we don't see the purpose that, that God has given us for, for community with other people. So the second thing, you know, we should also turn to other believers for help, especially those who are more mature and knowledgeable in the faith. Let me say that again. We, we should also turn to other believers for help, especially those who are more mature and knowledgeable in the faith. So here, here at OCC, we have a lot of ministries that can, can help you do this. Um, too many to really mention this morning, but I want to mention just two of them. And that is our Sunday school classes and our growth groups. So we have Sunday school classes and growth groups that, that are, are really there to offer a safe environment where you can openly talk about your doubts and where you can openly ask the difficult questions. My hope is that every group we have would foster that kind of environment. You know, our groups are meant to be a source of encouragement as you build relationships with other believers and as you grow in your faith, learning how to apply the things that you're learning. James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other. And listen to this. So that you may be healed. There is healing when we confess things to other believers. There's not forgiveness in that. There's, there's healing in that. It's been said we go to God for forgiveness and we go to others for healing. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So this verse reminds us that we should admit our struggles. We should admit our shortcomings to one another and that we should pray for one another. Now, do I think that every Sunday you should come up front and just spill it out to the whole church? No, I don't think there'd be much help in that. In fact, I think that would be a breeding ground maybe for gossip in the church. But it's important for you to find individuals that you can grow that, that deep connection with, that deep relationship, so that you can get to that point where you can confess those things. And you know that somebody's not going to shun you and push you away. They're going to be there to encourage you and to hold you accountable and to help you grow in your faith. That's so important. You know, Jesus surrounded himself. He had his disciples, but he also had his kind of inner circle, his inner three. And I have to believe that they talked about things that didn't get talked about with the other group. And I think that's the same in our lives. You know, we're going to have those people that we're, we're really close with. And then you kind of have some that, you know, your acquaintances with, maybe your circle of influence. And then you're going to have people that you're not that close with. And, and I don't think God would expect us to, to share every aspect of our life with those people. But it's important that we have people in our lives that we can share with. So asking God and, and other believers for help, this is a key step in growing through your doubts. I think if we skip over this, the doubt's just going to grow. It's just going to foster in our lives it's going to take root and overtake us. Number three, if you're taking notes, the, the letter I and the word faith stands for identify a course of action. 
Identify a course of action. You know, once you find the root cause of your doubt, and once you've asked God and others for help, you need to identify the best course of action that can help you grow through your doubt. And a lot of times, that's done with, with other people, again, walking alongside us, helping us, encouraging us, giving us direction. And I would say this this morning, that the best course of action is going to vary from person to person because it really depends on what you discover about the root cause or causes of your doubt. So let's look at just a few examples this morning of how we can identify a course of action. So if doubt has been targeting your mind, if there's big questions that you've been wrestling with and things that are just holding you back and you say, you know, I believe in Jesus, but there's, there's so many other things. I just don't know if I can get on board with this. And you're wrestling with that. Instead of just saying that, hey, I have some questions, why don't you identify what specific questions you have, write those down, and then begin to seek the answers. You know, it doesn't get us anywhere if all we say is, hey, I've got these questions, and then we just keep it bottled up inside. Identify what questions you do have. Express those in your Sunday school class, in your growth group. Write those down. Begin to seek the answers. And we said last week, you know, it really does us no good if somebody else is just feeding us the answers the whole time. That's one way God gets a hold of that doubt in our life and uses it to grow faith is when we take that step and we begin to seek the answers for ourselves. That's loving God with our minds. That's so important. So figure out what specific questions you have. Write them down and then seek the answers. Remember the promise of Jesus in Matthew 7, verse 7. He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. So that's an example if doubt is targeting your mind. What about if doubt is targeting you through your emotions? So if you've noticed that your faith has been being built solely on emotional experiences or, you know, something completely different from that, maybe, maybe growing up, you've had hurtful relationships in your past that have contributed uh, to your current doubts and specifically your current doubts about God's love and his trustworthiness in your life. If that's the case, I would say this today, it might be time to go ahead and sit down with an elder in our church and have them pray with you and for you. They can provide counsel, but it also might be time to consider meeting with a Christian counselor. It might be time to do that. And that's not a negative thing. You know, seeing a Christian counselor can be so helpful in helping you recognize and deal with the specific issues that you've experienced in your life that had led to your, your current doubt. You know, I don't think that it's talked about a lot in the church because it's almost seen as kind of taboo sometimes. But I do believe that it's perfectly fine and even healthy to see a counselor, especially if you've had things in your life that have led to the, the current doubts that you're experiencing. So that's doubt affecting through emotions. What if your doubts are developing out of your will? If doubts are developing out of your will, that means you're choosing to do something that's really causing doubt to grow. Typically, that's that's clinging to sin. That's staying in a pattern of sin. And I think if that's the case, you need to do some self-evaluation today. You need to ask God to help you uncover what that is and and ask God to help you understand why you're resisting him in that specific area of your life. You know, you always have a choice. You do. You, you can choose to, to be disobedient and proud, or you can choose to submit your whole life to God and begin to experience the benefits and the joy that come from having an authentic relationship with Jesus. But it's important that you be honest with yourself. 
You know, today, as you sit here, are you really open to God's leading in your life? If he were to say, you know, so-and-so, this is what I want you to do. This is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to say. These are the people that I want you to surround yourself with. These are the, these are the things in your life that I want you to, to get rid of. Are you open to God's leading in your life? Or are you using doubt to, to cover up your willful resistance to his leading? Identifying the right course of action is so crucial in growing through our doubt. We can't skip over that step. And sometimes that's a painful one. Sometimes that's, that's a difficult one. Uh, but God doesn't allow your, your, your pain to be wasted. In fact, I love this truth that there is purpose in your pain. Right? You might find yourself in a, in a desert this season or so, something, you know, a, a difficult season. And I would say that God probably has you there for a reason. Let's look for how God wants to use that. See how God wants to, to grow us and stretch us during those times. Number four, if you're taking notes, um, the letter T in the word faith, it stands for take care of your spiritual health. Take care of your spiritual health. So just like our physical bodies are strengthened through nourishment and also through exercise, I think lately I've had a lot of nourishment and no exercise. All right, so it's a little bit, it's, the tails are, or the scales are, are dipped there for me. So just like our physical bodies are strengthened through those things, you know, we, we can ward off the unhealthy kind of doubt when we seek to, to build our faith with knowledge and action. Knowledge and action. What do I mean by that? Well, by knowledge, I mean learning more about God and why he's trustworthy. It's important for us to stay connected to God regularly through his word. I can't tell you how many people I talk to on a regular basis that are struggling in their lives. Maybe they've got a family issue or a work issue or a doubt issue, a faith issue, whatever it is. And I ask the question, you know, what, what, what is your time, your, your one-on-one time with God been like? Well, you know, I read the verse of the day or, you know, I come to church on Sundays and, and that doesn't really help us get to know God anymore. I mean, this Sunday mornings are really meant to be the supplement to the meals throughout the week. This can't be it. If this is it, it's like starving yourself. It's like coming and getting a side dish, you know, maybe a side of mashed potatoes or something, and then trying to be sustained through the whole week. It's not going to work. I think about my relationship with, with my wife. I mean, what if I just talked to her on Sundays and then like all week, I just had no interaction with her. You think that would help that relationship or would it hurt that relationship? You can say it. (laughs) She might like it. (laughs) It would hurt the relationship. You know, if we don't stay connected to God through his word, it's going to hurt our relationship with God. And people ask, you know, where do I start? I don't know what to do. Just start in the book of John in the New Testament. Start reading one chapter a day. And don't make it like a checklist thing, like I've read my chapter. You know, if if you don't read it, that's okay. You know, God's not angry with you. He's not mad at you. Remember, a relationship should be authentic, right? It should be real. Um, just, just carve out that time and start spending time with God, getting to know more about his character and his nature through his word. But there's another aspect of that, and that's uh, staying connected with other believers regularly. And the way that we do that is by meeting together on Sundays. You know, God's word tells us, don't forsake meeting together, as some people do. We have to value this time. There is value and there is purpose in worshiping together, in hearing from God's word together, in encouraging one another. We have to make that a priority in our lives 
if we're going to expect to continue to grow through that doubt that we're dealing with. So staying rooted in God's word, this is where we learn about God's character, his nature. It's where we learn about who we are in Christ and meeting regularly with God's people. This is going to give you opportunities to encourage other people, but also to receive encouragement yourself. Learning more about God and why he's trustworthy and staying connected to other believers. I believe this is a crucial step in helping grow through your doubts. And then what happens is through day-to-day actions, right, when we're not around other people, when we're not in the word of God, we're, we're still led by the Holy Spirit. We listen to his leading in our lives. And, and through those actions, you can build up your, your faith by exercising it. You apply the things that you, you learn. You know, that's, that's one of the, the main reasons of, of Sunday mornings. We gather and we're reminded about God's promises. And as we leave, we don't just go out these doors and go on our way. We take what we've learned from God's word and we apply it to our lives. We allow it to take deep root in our lives. And then it not only affects us, but it affects the people around us. That is so important. You know, I've found some of the best kind of education is on-the-job training. You know, I, I went to college, but I can tell you this. The, uh, the things that have made the most difference in my life, and while that definitely has a place, has been the on-the-job training. Right? It's been the, the day-to-day, uh, you know, learning best by doing And I think a lot of us would probably agree with that. You know, it's that on-the-job training that matters. So, you know, when we grow in knowledge by staying connected to God through his word and by being around other believers, and those are just a couple ways that we do that. That's That's not the only ways. But then we apply that knowledge to our everyday lives. All right, the Bible calls that wisdom. All right, knowledge is just what you know. Wisdom is actually living it out, actually doing it. All right, if you look at the book of Proverbs, that's what we're instructed to do. So when we do those things, it's, it's easy to start to recognize God at work in, in even the smallest areas of our lives because we're living out his word. We're staying in step with the Holy Spirit's leading in our lives. So taking care of our spiritual health, this is key in growing through our doubts. You know, I, I, I do fear that, that many Christians are just being overtaken with doubt, whether it's the fear of, of death, uh, you know, someone who has an illness, um, you know, big questions that we have from God, through God's word, whatever the case is, because we're not taking care of our spiritual health, we're not staying connected to God through his word, connecting with other people, and living out the things that we're learning. That's so important. Again, these are just a few ways that we can do this, um, just a few key ways. There's so many more. Finally, if you're taking notes, the letter H in the word faith, it stands for hold your remaining questions in tension. Hold your remaining questions in tension. I was reminded this week, because I have big questions that don't have answers yet, I was reminded that we are limited creatures with limited minds, and we can't expect to understand everything about our unlimited God. Let me say that again. We, we are limited creatures with limited minds, so we can't understand everything about our unlimited God. In fact, Deuteronomy 29, verse 29, I shared this with a few people in the church this week. This is what we read. It says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. You know, there will always be some questions that, that, you, that you hold on to that are just unanswered in this life. 
There's going to be questions that you have that go unanswered in this life. But as we mature in our faith and continue to seek God's wisdom, uh, we'll certainly grow in our understanding of some of the the bigger, the, the tougher questions. But at the same time, you know, some of our questions are just going to have to wait until we get to heaven. Now, I, you know, we have a glimpse of what that's going to be like uh, throughout God's word. I don't know if we're going to be able to raise our hand or not. If we can, I might be one of the first ones and say, you know, Jesus, I've got, I've got some questions. There's been some things that, that have bothered me. I mean, you know, exactly how does predestination fit in with free will? I want an answer to that question. How does this whole Trinity thing work? And why, why didn't I hear from you when I was going through that difficult season? Why did I have to lose my sister when we were so young? I'm I'm just being honest. There's going to be questions that I have, and I'm sure there are questions that you're going to have as well. And that's okay. Until then, it's okay to say, you know, I may not have all the answers to every one of my questions, but the answers that I do have, they point me unmistakably toward God being real. They point me unmistakably to his dependability and and him being a heavenly father who loves me. So my faith can stay intact while I'm here. It can stay intact and stay rooted in the word of God. And I can hold my remaining questions in tension. That's okay. And church, I don't think this is irresponsibly ignoring our doubts. I believe that it's dealing with them responsibly by making the decision, an informed decision, to be okay with holding our remaining questions in tension. That's okay. You know, it's not possible to have absolute certain answers to every single question. But it is possible to have a sincere and growing faith in Jesus. A faith that is rooted in Christ and rooted in the word of God. Amen. So five action steps that I, I believe can help you grow through your doubt. Number one, find the root of your doubt. We have to, we have to diagnose the source. We have to understand where the doubt is coming from Two, ask God and others for help. You know, sometimes I think we, we think, well, I'll go to God and I'll pray and we neglect going to others. Surround yourself with people who can encourage you and hold you up. And help you grow in your faith. If you're here today and you say, you know, I don't really have that in my life. We have so many different groups. You can join a group in the church. And any one of them would be more than happy to welcome you with open arms. We just started brand new groups on Wednesday night last week. Like a lot of the people from our group didn't even show up because they're sick. (laughs) So you can show up and you haven't even missed a beat. Wednesday nights we have groups for adults and kids. Get in a group. Get connected with other believers. I identify a course of action. You, know, you have to recognize, is this coming from my mind? You know, do I have questions? Is it coming from emotions or, or my will? And then identify the right course of action. And again, you need people around you that can help you do that. Take care of your spiritual health. Maybe today that's, that, that's what needs to happen. That, that's what you need to do. You need to stay rooted in God's word. And you, maybe today a decision you're going to make is that, you know, I'm going to start reading one chapter from God's word every day. I'm just going to I'm going to start to get to know my creator a little bit better. And then finally, hold your remaining questions in tension. 
there are a lot of questions that I don't have the answers to. God's word tells us he's chosen to reveal certain things to us and some things he's chosen to keep from us. And and that's okay. We have to be okay with that. And for some of us, that's going to be a process. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't seek out the answers. I think we should uh, love God with our minds. And if you have a question, pursue the answer. Absolutely. But there are some things we're just not going to know. So in closing, if, if you're struggling with doubt today, if you're struggling with uncertainty about your faith, try starting with this first step. You know, find the root of your doubt and then just work through the rest of these action steps. And as you do, remember, you don't have to be afraid to ask questions. God accepts us as we are, questions and all. And you don't have to be embarrassed to bring up your questions in your Sunday school class or your growth group. Remember, that's really a big part of why these groups exist. 